The Hump, episode 29, Chicken Now Mentals. Welcome to The Hump, your show about how to get one over in this thing called life. This is Brent Bowen. Chad Beeland. And we've got a great guest tonight. The whole premise of the show, we talked money a couple weeks ago. So we're going to run a clip that's going to help with this. But now we're going to talk mentals. So our mental state, as well as kind of the cultural state with a good friend of the program. Uh, friend of chat of mine and culture guru Jesse Jacob. Jesse, welcome to the show. Aww, thanks, fellas. <laughs> the the copy also said innovation maven. Oh, it, yes. I thought I had a good vocabulary. I totally misread the word maven. I thought it had like superhero connotations. Maybe it does apply here, but. I had to look it up. It actually says an expert or connoisseur. Expert or connoisseur. Mm-hmm. I, I thought Maven sounded nice, so I just threw that in there in the copy. <laughs> and then I had to look it up, too, to make sure that it wasn't anything that was, um, it meant something I didn't think it meant, right? Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Put that on your LinkedIn. That'd get you some <laughs> some run. Diana and I used to joke up ourselves as innovation queens. Mm, so That's good, too. <laughs> Did you say Diana? Yes. In that equation. So the other, are we talking about Diana Kander in this context? So the other thing that's in the copy, and I didn't mention in the introduction to Jesse, is Jesse (laughs) also is on the other side of the microphone uh, occasionally as the producer of Professional AF, correct? Yes, indeed. Love that name. (laughs) Thank you. We're we're trying to give it a new meaning. You know, <laughs> not that it, it, it's a great name. We just want people to th- associate like when you mess up and you fail at work, you're professional AF. It's like, this is my professional AF moment. <laughs> exactly. It's not yes. always perfect. Yes, exactly. Yeah. This like, concept of, of falling forward. So on mm-hmm. on this show, we, we drink beer. Normally, yes. Chad and I do. Did you come with a beverage? I, I brought a Gatorade. <laughs> That's all right. Guess <laughs> guests can drink water, Gatorade. It's a water in a Gatorade bottle. All right. So, yes. Forever, <laughs> forever the athlete over there, right? I I am working with this nutritionist. It's pretty remarkable. Women's health is so fascinating. We can get into that later if you want. <laughs> but, like, we cover everything. Yeah. yeah. Innovation yeah. mavens. Yeah, I'm literally acting as a guinea pig right now with some things like t- taking things out and seeing what uh, how I respond to them. And so I'm trying to like give myself a homeostasis right now. So no alcohol for a little bit. No alcohol. Okay, you're on the yeah. cl- you're on the cleanse program. So <laughs> yeah, yes. Very nice. Well, Chad and I are not. Chad, quite what, okay. Yeah, Chad, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, again, staying with Kansas City local. Local and proud, a uh, little Alma Mater mirror line, mm. double IPA. So that is what Jordan, delicious. That is what Jordan was drinking a couple weeks back. And because I listened to the hump 
and I'm on it. I took his advice and I went down to Alma Mater and got it. He was right. It's good. Very, very nice. And so I'm drinking. I've bogarted because you know how my Becca loves Space Camper. Nice. Also drinking local and I'm drinking the Boulevard Space Camper Lotus Aura, which is the first time I've tried this. So. Cheers. Her logo so pretty to that one. Oh, it is. Isn't that beautiful? I like that that <laughs> hue of blue too. Don't you? Don't you? It's real nice. It's real nice. Isn't that pretty. So, cheers to you, Jesse. Cheers. So, how did you feel being on and producing a show that has professional in the title? Are you sure? How sure are you? You want to be on the show with us? <laughs> Well, so I will say when Diana asked me to produce her podcast, I was like, I have no idea how to do that. She's like, it's great. That's going to be great. (laughs) That's exactly what we're looking for. (laughs) You've never done this before. You're hired. You're hired. Yeah. So the first season she had like a media company and then second season, she's like, we're going to figure this out together. I was like, all right, let's do this. But I think that I love that we're not going to talk about professional topics because I think that over-professionalism is killing us all slowly but surely. And so the more that we can be ourselves at work and the more that we can just come and be ourselves and then what the happier we'll be. Yeah. That I don't no- know. Big, that, big proponent of that. Yeah. That notion of authenticity and bringing your authentic self to where you, yes. wherever you are. Is that a, is that a topic that you actually, how much I've listened to an episode or two, but I didn't know mm-hmm. how much of a thread of that is. And you talked about this concept of kind of falling forward a little bit and failing how much a part of authenticity is, is part of the show. I would say a good deal of it is, I mean, this third season we're focusing obviously on like failing forward and owning your mistakes. And I think that a huge part of that is like being authentic. The second last, this past season, we interviewed a couple people that are in the like workplace culture space talking about how to build trusting teams and effective teams. And a lot of that comes to like, do people actually feel comfortable being themselves at work? <laughs> That's not rocket science. <laughs> Just humans. It's not, it's not rocket science, but so many companies struggle with that. Yeah, totally. It's super interesting. It's a I mean, topic. a lot of people fall into their role and almost like you said, they're not being authentic. They're being who, who they feel they need to be mm-hmm. at work. And maybe that's not the best thing for everyone. No. And especially if we're not allowing, if we're not creating space for people to come and be themselves, then how would we expect them to do that? You know, like I just started a new job and I am feeling this sense of, oh gosh, do I fit the culture here? And then I, Mm. you know, it's totally normal because you, you want to feel safe and you want to feel a sense of belonging. But even then I have to check myself to be like, I was hired to be me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They hired me, my personal culture. This is, this is who I am. And so, yeah, it's a, I think that's a natural response. It is a natural response. And I'm glad we're talking about this notion of being your true and authentic self. Mm-hmm. So the next, this clip I'm going to run for you, I want you to give us a quick reaction to oh God. <laughs> this individual is most certainly his authentic self. Oh so gosh. go ahead and let's, let's run this clip and, and see what, uh, now, I done been on the other side of a retirement, and it's good when you get over there and you can do what the f*** you want to. So I tell y'all right now while y'all in it, take care of y'all bread. So when y'all done, go ahead and take care of yourself. 
So while y'all at it right now, take care of y'all bodies. You know what I mean? Don't take care of y'all chicken. You feel me? Don't take care of y'all mentals. Because, look, we ain't lasting that long. Um, you know, I had a couple of players that I played with that, you know what I mean? They no longer here no more. They no longer. So, I mean, you feel me? Start taking care of y'all mentals, y'all bodies, and y'all chicken for when y'all, you know, ready to walk away. You walk away and you be able to do what you want to do. But I appreciate it. Thank y'all. I, have a I love that. Where did you find that? Oh, it's a it's a YouTube it's a YouTube <laughs> special. That's a YouTube. Sp- do you know who that is? No, I don't. So that's former. Should I know who that is? Form. He's a professional athlete. Former slash <laughs> current. And I threw it out there, knowing that it deals with mental health. It deals with mm-hmm. finances. It <laughs> it deals with it it deals yes. with. <laughs> it's taking care of everything your bread your body and your chicken and, and your chickens and, and your nutritionist and you came rolling up in here with that gatorade bottle i knew we this would cover the gamut of what jesse would bring tonight is that's former slash current seattle seahawks running back marshawn lynch mm, that's so funny and, Skittle lover and Skittle lover. Skittle, yes, I saw. I've watched an episode with him and Bear Grylls. <laughs> <laughs> so you know him. It's yes. so good. It's so yeah. good. That's yeah. Um, and he's authentic. He's real. I mean, he's, uh, it. he's raw. People, you know, people love him. He's nuts. Yeah. People love him. People love nuts. You know, and he's not wrong. You got to take care of your bread and your your and mentals your chick- and your chicken. <laughs> I'm gonna start saying that. I'm gonna take care of your mentals. Okay. <laughs> Yes, take care of your mentals. So uh, that's um, fantastic. No, that's that's okay. Good. I'm you just you delivered <laughs> you delivered a one word response that or two words. That's fantastic. It's fantastic. Oh man. So on a man, those athletes. I feel like you know most of them have played college sports. None of them are set up on like here's how to do an interview. <laughs> like. But I hate, but one reason people love him is because you get tired of the athletes going out there and they're like, well, I just want to help the team and, uh, and do what's best. I mean, like you never know what you're going to get with him. You know, it's going to be real and it's damn entertaining. Isn't he the one that like refuses interviewing? Isn't he the, isn't that Marshawn Lynch, the one that Mm -hmm. like, if people are interviewing him in the locker room, he like doesn't respond or whatever. He's very introverted. I think he's done interviews with helmets on like, to kind of like almost hide his face. I mean, yeah. I think he's just, you know, he's just not a people person, but he's real. Yeah. Wow. He is the one. I th- Jesse, you're right. He's the one that for a long time in his career, he refused to do interviews. Yeah. I think because he's past retirement and some of the pressure has subsided and they, br- okay. they, this, that clips relatively recent. It was part of the last season during the last season, I think because he's retired and come back, he's a lot more relaxed and there's no pressure. So he's, you know, he's willing to do those interviews now. Ah, yeah. With the, he's got his mentals in order, you know, he does. Ready that, for the interviews. <laughs> and having your mentals in order is important. And I know you've been helping. Co- yeah. You've been helping coordinate and do a lot of things on an individual level. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I personally have had conversations around small business owner leaders and and making sure they keep their their mentals in check right (laughs) see how thematically this whole thing worked out and why the show was named chicken (laughs) now mentals 
now part of the vernacular. We're just throwing that out there. Yeah, no, I like it. I think we should own that. <laughs> well, Marshawn clearly owns it, but we can borrow it. We're going to borrow it for a time. TM, TM. TM, yeah. Jorda- <laughs> hey, Jordaculator right there, Chad. TM. TM. You've helped coordinate several, you know, as all of our mentals have gone sideways the last eight weeks. Oh, man. You, you've you been part of a an organization here within the Kansas City area that's, you know, brought people together to kind of check their mentals see see how they're doing help help folks work through this and it's part of a group or organization called culture first kc let me say that again (laughs) culture first kc little tongue twister for brent what help help our listeners understand what these things are and what purpose they're intended to serve yeah so culture first kc is basically supported by an organization called culture amp it's a large venture-backed company based out of San Francisco that basically is in the employee experience and employee surveying world. And a good friend of mine, I had a chance to like go to their conference last summer. You know, it honestly felt like I make this joke that it was my trip to Mecca. It really did feel like me traveling to San Francisco and meeting these people. I was like, I re-energized. I can do life now. And so then I moved. I like came back to Kansas City and my friend who was tasked, he's been tasked with building these community chapters or these city chapters. And I think he needed to have a hundred or 200 of them or something like that across the world. And he's like, does Kansas City want to be one of the first pioneer city chapters? I need someone to like help me build out processes and see if this is a thing. And so it was like, yeah, man, anything to support you. This is just not really a thing. And then that led me to hosting an event and people showed up (laughs) and you know, they have no context as for as to what it was. And obviously I've been in the culture space and was running the culture lab for a few years. And so I just, you know, had people that are passionate about workplace culture already lined up, ready to show up. And basically the group is a lot about bringing your own personal self to work, as we've been kind of talking mm-hmm. about, like you're more than just your title. I think we always, when you introduce yourself, you're always like, what do you do? And it's mm-hmm. like, ah, can we get rid of that shit? Like, just <laughs> let's connect on a different level, man. So it's all about that. People being able to be themselves, not just their roles, culture champions coming together, people that want to are inspired and want to like actually take action to impact their workplace cultures. And so I've been kind of doing these monthly virtual meetups, essentially. So the first one we did around human connection. And last month we did one on vulnerability, which that could be a very broad topic. But a lot of... (laughs) A lot of it applies to today, especially now. (laughs) Oh, totally. And then in two weeks, we're doing one on personal resilience. And so the whole theme of these events is how do you think about your personal culture? And then how does that apply to your workplace culture? Because you as as a human have your own personal Mm -hmm. culture, you own your own personal purpose statement, your own values. And that's how you actually determine whether you're a fit or aligned with a company. It's the same process. So I guess this group kind of comes together and tries to support one another and championing people first rather than profit first. And that's a great point about this intersection between, I think, personal culture and mm-hmm. a company culture, because over the last week, eight weeks, I think it's been extremely apparent that the intersection between those those two cultures have really come to a head. Right. Mm-hmm. We, we, I mean, you hosted that first event, which I was a, able to actually participate in. 
which was the work from home you with the work from home culture i actually have a zoom background i bring up that's basically mm-hmm. a fish tank so i'm protecting <laughs> others in my work culture from my personal culture that may be walking down the stairs right mm-hmm. so, so so just uh yeah it's been an interesting it's been an interesting time right now everything seems a little raw in that sense oh my gosh i actually like kind of love this i think there's no more it's so vulnerable it's like yeah here i am in my living room <laughs> you know it's i think it's bringing and people that have parents or people that have children right now i have my heart goes out to everyone that has school yes. age children right now and i think we just forget that some of these people have children and we just function in this workplace we're like oh yeah you're expected to be here from nine to five and it's like well i actually mm-hmm. have children i'm gonna drop them off at nine right. and then i'm gonna leave and pick them up at three and so i don't know this is like a nice reminder of like we got shit at home to take care of and it's not a, a sustainable rate of work with what we're where we're headed so i kind of yeah. love the the force shift of what's happening in a lot of ways Oh, it's totally true. My day job, like we have Zoom meetings all the time and it, mm-hmm. it's almost inevitable that there's kids that pop into the video and then yeah. the person like holds their kid up because, you know, <laughs> we're just, we're done like hiding the fact that I have kids. So yeah. you might as well take a look at them for a second. Yes. That's like the good stuff though. I think that helps make us more human and relate to each other. But then at the same time, we actually had somebody that needed to be reminded that they must wear a shirt during Zoom calls. <laughs> oh, no. oh my God. We've had a number of complaints that you aren't wearing a shirt. <laughs> no way. That's fantastic. Uh, feeling, a li- that- feeling a little too vulnerable right there. It's like, this. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't put a you- sweater on. I'm like, oh God. <laughs> oh. How did that conversation come up? I'm just curious. Like, did you did that just like come out of a meeting, or were you like, you know, like was there a set time to have it that wasn't conversation? Me, I was wearing a shirt. <laughs> no, but like the feedback. How did that person receive the feedback? Was that a planned meeting, or was that kind of like a hey man? Was it I like think a it was something through the virtual suggestion box? That <laughs> oh, okay. We might want to remind everyone to wear a shirt during meetings. <laughs> Oh, man. There's levels to this. Yeah, There's boundaries I, that we still need to set. <laughs> I, I see the meme now. It's like, although the, the no shoes don't really apply, except for me and my flip-flops on <laughs> uh, on Facebook. But it's like, no shirt, no shoes, no stream. That should be the rules, right? <laughs> and I, these are yeah. rules you don't think you should need to communicate, <laughs> but for some reason, you yeah. know, yeah. some people think it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's interesting, Jesse, you brought up the, you know, this intersection of authenticity and the home life. And you've got the things that it's great to be reminded of some of the headwinds that we all deal with when we're the expectations in a work culture are set. Right. And reminding uh-huh. folks that we're human. The other side of this, too, that I've seen that's been pretty cool is I ended up having a, a coffee appointment. Well, it was previously scheduled before the world went sideways with Lauren Conaway. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so we decided to keep the time and, of course. and where we go ahead and have this meeting over zoom and I'm seeing she hosts it and I'm seeing this mass kind of like you see the big Yoda behind me. You get a sense of who I am as a person, right? I'm a, right. I'm a big fucking nerd. 
with, with Lauren, I saw this expansive bookcase and it opened a conversation into, she goes, well, let me give you a tour of my office. And she so, loves learning. Oh, she loves learning. She loves to read. Her husband loves to write and read. And it, it just opened up the connectivity between the two of us in the conversation. Matter of fact, she spun her computer around. And I go, I recognize the piece of art that you have on that wall. That's a Picasso. So it's a science fiction artist that I actually own some of his artwork too. And so we got into this whole conversation, but it's just kind of inviting people into our homes is even, mm -hmm. I think in some level, you know, can bring you closer together in the right circumstances. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's one of my favorite Twitter, uh, Twitter follows is rate my room. And they basically are all these, you know, analysts and reporters and whatnot. They basically give them a score of one to 10 on their room. And oh just the little gosh. comments are priceless. Check it out. Uh, I will have Great to. my room. That's hilarious. I think that's also what the background thing that you were talking about, Brent. There are some people that don't feel comfortable, like sharing their home. And so like, if that's well, they need a background to do that. That's awesome. Do that. And I've also seen people putting their company logo in the background. I was like, that's smart. Like the mm -hmm. whole time I have to be on a call with you, I have to stare at your logo. Like mm -hmm. genius. Mm -hmm. I need one of those. <laughs> but anyway, yes. And a lot of that you can do with the Zoom without a green screen. So yeah. depending if you have the right computer, if you have an updated computer. So in the <laughs> old world, I mean, you see the green screen in this room, mm -hmm. but it's normally this is the castle in which Chad and I sit. But mm. yeah, but you can do it without a green screen, which, which is awesome. So, so neat. I don't know where we're going. We're talking about authenticity, getting your mentals together, getting our <laughs> mentals together. Well, we, I, I think the conversation around the mentals, we started to touch on vulnerability mm -hmm. and, you know, folks feeling a little raw right now. And we've talked about group dynamics. I think it's just kind of, what have you seen as you've been hosting these conversations Mm -hmm. with culture first KC. And then the last one was on vulnerability and I'm, I'm actually feeling a little vulnerable myself. I couldn't make it. So I'm worried I won't be on the list next time. Oh uh, no! But what, what You're were some, invited. Uh, thank you. What were, what were some of the themes and trends you saw maybe out of that conversation? Yeah. So the first thing that came to mind is we use the zoom breakout feature. And mm -hmm. so we we're, we're very, Let's just say our group is not for everyone. <laughs> um, the people who are into workplace culture, I would generally describe as like having very high EQ and they're totally in touch with their feelings. They're totally willing to get vulnerable. And also who joins a, an event about vulnerability if they don't feel comfortable being vulnerable? I don't know. You know, there are some people that are like, I don't know where this is going to go. <laughs> but most people, if they're not, if that's not something that's comfortable for them, they steer clear. But we, even just thinking through the facilitation piece, okay, let's get good warm up question before we just dig into everyone sharing their shit. Let's warm up here. So we, I guess, coming into those sessions, we do a good job of just getting people to feel comfortable. We allow people to like, hey, if you got to opt out, opt out. If you need to do something, you need to turn off your screen, do that. All that stuff is prefaced at the beginning. But it's just amazing what people will, I guess what I'm surprised by is that we do these breakout sessions and we group groups of three or five or whatever. And we have a set series of questions that we allow people to go through. And these people are strangers and we're on a Zoom call. And like last month, someone was full on crying about their job and their life. And I was like, that is pretty freaking amazing. The fact that these people have never met 
And we're in a Zoom breakout room and we've led up this entire conversation to their breakout room and that 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 is like a safe space for them to feel like they can do that. I was like, oh my gosh, that's incredible for me, I guess, to experience that, for people to feel they can come and share what's happening. We're not here to like sugarcoat and pretend like everything's perfect. Like this next topic is resilience. And it's like, I think regardless of whether you have a job or not, and regardless of whether, you know, you're dealing with your first world problems, we're experiencing trauma, Mm -hmm. you know? And I know that word like scares the shit out of people, but it's like, we're, we're experiencing a trauma right now and everyone's uncomfortable. And so sure you may have it better than other people, but you're still internally like going through like a holy crap moment. And so I think that that's just like important to consciously build space for people to be able to connect with one another and just be okay with that. Because I think we still go to work right now pretending like nothing's happening. You know, it's just like there are certain people that their families are in the front lines or or at our high risk. And I think people are need to be having that conversation be talking about that stuff and um, yes. creating space for that conversation to happen. Other than just Otherwise, I think a lot of workplaces are just pretending like it's not happening, which is horrible. So, right, right. Well, you are a culture <laughs> maven. That's not disputed, but culture could be a tricky thing. I mean, I mm-hmm. kind of liken, I liken culture to a liver. A liver. So, a when liver. it's working <laughs> and you're feeling good, yes, like, everything's great. But mm-hmm. when it's not working, then there's something seriously wrong. You don't feel right. Mm-hmm. Like how do you how do you even begin to change the culture at a company? Yeah. Oh, that's such a broad question. Um, <laughs> Might be okay. easier to diagnose your liver. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. It's. Um, <laughs> but also, I think people don't sometimes even know that their liver's messed up. And that's a really hard conversation. They're like, oh, my shoulder hurts. And it's like, oh, your liver is what's really messed up, you know? Uh, Actually, my shoulder does hurt. I mean, is there a, is there a correlation between the two? <laughs> so I think that there's a, an awareness around, you know, there's some people that are just not open to feedback. And that is you know, that's OK. They they may not even like hear you or even know that there's a cultural issue. And so I think that that that's a that's a whole challenge in and of itself, especially <laughs> but, if they're at the top. Oh, yeah, definitely. Which makes for I think like there can still be depending on the company, I think there can still be cultural shifts that happen on the team levels or at a gross and like a grassroots kind of way. I think that that's still possible, even though it really is a top down thing. <laughs> But I would say, like, how do you actually change cultures? I think that communication is, I know that that's like a broad statement, but if we don't align on who we are and where we're going and what's important to us, there's a lot of room for misinterpretation. We have to agree on who we are and what we stand for. And um, if we don't do that, there's lots of room for conflict and disagreement but we also need to be able to like, even once the top has said, this is who we are and this is what we stand for, that's still an ongoing conversation that's constantly evolving. The, when you add team members, when team members leave, that dynamic is constantly shifting and changing. And so the conversation needs to continue to be had around those things because different kinds call for different cultures. Yeah. And, e- yes. and even then you can agree upon values. And I've worked some places where 
they openly said, I would say, okay, what are the values of the organization? And the response was, oh, that's what gets posted on the break room wall. Mm-hmm. We don't yeah, actually, we don't like- actually live that. We, we, those are just nice, pretty words that we smack on the break room wall. Yeah. It's like, do you walk the walk, not just talk the talk? You know, I'm really passionate about our habits that we have, because I think your habits lend to uh, who you actually are and your processes. And so when I had the chance to work with Diana Kander, both of us really are passionate about habits at work. And so, you know, people all day can be like, we're innovative and you can use the innovation language and you can say all the right things. <laughs> but if you don't actually, if your behavior doesn't actually change and you're not effectively holding meetings in a certain way or running your company a certain way, that doesn't, those things don't equate. <laughs> you need to actually have the habits and processes in place to allow for innovation. Yeah. It needs to be more than just lip service. Yeah, totally. Same thing with culture. You know, it's like we're vulnerable. We practice vulnerability. And it's like, how do you do that? What does that actually look like? I think a lot of times a company will say, one of our values is integrity. I was like, that's a hard one. What does that even mean? What does that look like? And I think that that, that's exactly what we're talking about. What does, what are those key behaviors that actually show that you live by that value? And that's a real challenge right now. You're talking Ooh, about those habits boy. and behaviors and we're feels like everybody's kind of walking on shifting sand, right? Because, <laughs> oh because all the habits and behaviors and you kind of talked about values and, and these things, a culture being constantly tested mm-hmm. and constantly being in, in a state of uh, review and flux. How have you seen kind of with, with the, the workplaces now having to make decisions And without mentioning your new workplace, I just saw on LinkedIn, they put out a 45 page guide to evaluate the risk and precautions that people should go through in reopening their workplace. Mm -hmm. I I save that because it's going to be light reading for me here in the next 48 (laughs) hours. Thank you very much, uh, Jesse's new employer. But how how do you believe the balancing act of reopening workplaces kind of affects culture? Oh, man, I think that there's a lot that's happening even to the values conversation we've been having around, okay, well, who we are in terms of values, does that even apply to who we want to be now? You know, I think that organizations are even more like, oh, shoot, we need to be more efficient and more agile. And like, how do we do that? Maybe that was not on the radar before, you know, or to your point about just returning to work. I think that this is a really awkward time and we're going to get into this on the the culture first event on the 27th is just what I need versus what you need in terms of returning to work are Mm. very different things. Mm. And sometimes we don't know personally what I, you know, like what do I actually need? You know, when it comes to not just like returning to work, but like this new homeostasis of work is like, okay, what do I actually need to do to take care of myself and to feel comfortable? And then that's a whole different thing. That's really challenging in and of itself to have that awareness, but then also being able to communicate that to your team or your superiors and saying, actually, I don't feel comfortable with that. That's going to be really hard for people, I think. Completely. Yeah. I mean, every situation is different and every employer is different. I mean, mm-hmm. I know some people that their employers are like, hey, we want to we want to get back, you know, let's, let's get the team back together. But then you realize, well, we can't, we can't have meetings. Yeah. 
like, it's not as simple as, yeah, I want to go back to the office. It's like, what do we do mm-hmm. from there? Yeah. Well, and to your point, Chad, the companies may want to get the band back together, but does the band want to get back together? And yes. Do, and do they have the infrastructure to be able to feasibly get back together? We talked about children. These children have yes. no, they don't, they have no schools to go to. There are no mm-hmm. summer. So I'm on the board of an organization that has summer camps. There are no summer camps this summer. It's all virtual classes, right? So where are these kids going to be going? Their daycares may have different policies. I mean, where there's not necessarily the infrastructure in some cases, and right? Putting that stress on your employees with that striking that balance. Like I got to get back to the office yet. I still have responsibilities at home. Mm-hmm. I was just texting with my co-lead who runs the culture first group with me yesterday. And she sent me this, this thing of the COVID-19 principles for working remotely for this Canadian. I think it was uh, the Canadian federal government. Did you guys see Canadians? These? The no. Canadians do everything <laughs> right. They do everything. I might be right. moving there. I might be moving there in November. I'm I know. Holding out. Where, what part, I know. Chad? What part? Uh, the the northern part, just any part that's not here. <laughs> northern, <are> you jackass. <laughs> All right, no, we've it. not seen these, Jesse. What? what, okay. what do you? <laughs> well, the first one is you are not quote unquote working from home. You are at home during a crisis trying to work. Yes, it's like, so good, so good. Your physical, mental, and emotional health is far more important than anything else right now. Pretty great principle. Yes. You should try not to compensate for lost productivity by working longer hours. Mm. Mm. <laughs> good mm. luck with good luck with that one. Good luck telling everyone that yeah. one. Like, yeah. <laughs> crazy. These are Canadians, uh, mind you, though. I mean, <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Uh, one of the other ones is you will be kind to yourself and not judge how you're coping based on how you see others coping. So true. So good. You will be kind to others and not judge how they are coping based. Oh, as, uh, not based on how you are coping. <laughs> and your team's success will not be measured by the same way it was when things were quote unquote normal. Very wow. nice. <laughs> we're gonna, like, that's so great. Yeah. We're actually going to acknowledge the world has gone sideways. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. rather than just pretending like nothing happened and everyone must be productive. <laughs> but we don't do that here in America. I mean, it's nothing's changed. We still have stockholders and we still got to meet, you know, all the, the goals. And yeah, that's really refreshing to hear. Yeah. Super interesting. So I don't remember what your question was, Brent, but I'm <laughs> it was about reopening the workplace <laughs> or whatever the question was. We, we like the ant. Yeah. We, well, anytime you interject with Canadian wisdom, we're, we're, mm, we're all, yes. in, we're all in favor. <laughs> And speaking of wisdom, I think it's the that time for Triple D. What do you think? You guys you guys ready to play a game of Triple D? Oh gosh. Yes. All right. So, if folks aren't familiar, we play a game each week. It's called Triple D and we throw out a new scenario and try and match it with the guest. And with the scenario, we have a di- discussion. I've just said about a discussion, a discussion around whether it's a dick <laughs> A dick douche or dumbass move. And with Jesse, the culture expert, one of the things I used to love about corporate culture, now that I run my own business, I don't deal in this shit. Although 
it was funny. <laughs> I was thinking about setting up for the folks that work for me, like a, a group game night on zoom. And then I thought, no, this is exactly what I hated. So I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it's going to be completely voluntary. But our triple D discussion this week is what do you call someone who requires and plans mandatory fun? Douche. <laughs> she just, she leapt right into the deep end of the pool, man. She's like, douche. <laughs> she was dogging it. Like she didn't know what her response. Oh, it's douche. It's douche. <laughs> yes. I think I'm going to go with douche. I don't know. What do you guys say? Well, would you care to elaborate on why you believe it's a, it's a douche move to, to play a mandatory mm-hmm. fun? Yeah, I, I'm all for like fun and like making time to do that. And we're talking about it in the work context, right? Yes, in the work context. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like um, planning date night with your, with your, uh, I'm going to say your significant other. I'm not going to say your better half. We're speaking to the better half tonight. <laughs> Thank you, thank planning you. a date night i'm not going to call mandatory i'm calling that survival right but we're talking about in the workplace context yes yeah i think that yeah making it optional is great i also think that we spend so much goddamn time together sometimes i don't want to fucking see your face later yes <laughs> yes so no thanks <laughs> that's kind of where i am and other another thing is like yeah, we lost Jesse. I'm going to go with what really bothers me is when they do this and it's at five o'clock PM, like, you know, we want to make sure we get a full work day in, but then we're going to have some fun. Like, all right. If it's after 5 PM, it's a, it's a dick move. If it's before 5 PM, it's just a douche move. <laughs> what was the time, the consideration of time again, if it's before 5 PM, it's douchey. Because you're it's assuming douchey. everybody wants to do this. But if it's after 5 yep. p.m., like I, I was just to Jesse's point, I, I was just here all day. Like the last thing I want to do is spend three more hours with you people. I'm going home. Yeah. And in that context, right, is if you think about a lot of people's work life, you spend more time, depending if you're, you spend more time with your coworkers than you do your significant other. Yes. And your family, if you're working full time. So, no, I, I am with, there was something Jesse had mentioned that really struck a chord with me on the whole douche equation too. And, and Chad, I can buy into that. The, the time to me, this may be something where you're like, uh, you're like a, a swirl of Dick and douche combined together in the sense of it's both Dicky and douchey, regardless of the time element. But the fact that it's douchey is because we've always used this definition of you believe you're better than somebody else. Yes. And that you spending time with me is more important. Who wouldn't want to spend a couple extra hours with me? Yes. Yes. Who wouldn't want to spend a couple extra hours with me? And that's more important than you spending that time with your family. Yes. That's definitely a douche tendency. Very much. A douche tendency. Well, it seems like we've got douche was we've had several that have kind of fit the mold of dick douche. It was douche heavy with a a wispiness of dick sprinkles, some dick sprinkles on top of 
a douche cupcake. Yes. Of, uh, of man, since we're talking about mandatory fun, all of a sudden I have this image of a cupcake. Mm, well, that might work. So it's a douche cupcake with a, a sprinkle of Dick. We want to thank Jesse Jacob for joining us tonight. Thanks for hanging out with us, everyone. If you've enjoyed today's episode, go out to the He Says, She Says Casey Facebook page and like, follow us if you haven't already. Remember, you can catch us live on Facebook during the pandemic every Thursday at about 6 Central. Also, check out the He Says, She Says Casey blog soon. In fact, now you can subscribe to us, rate us and leave us a comment on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Take care, everybody. Thank you. 